What is up, guys? Welcome to the Crosswalk Podcast, where we have been called to carry our cross daily. I'm your host, Paul Fowler. And last week, I, I, I was, I want to apologize that I didn't make an episode. I had every intention of making one, but I was sick as a dog. I could not uh, get myself to, to do it. I was there. Uh, Sunday morning uh, for church. I record on Sunday mornings. I was there, but by the time I got home, I was not feeling well at all. Uh, so, and I've been at my job at for seven years, and I cannot remember a time that I willfully asked off of work because I was sick, and and, and so you know that it was not great. Uh, but I am here this week, and I am here with a topic that is intense. And, and what I mean by intense is there is a warning of a uh, of intense spiritual warfare. And this is the first time I've talked about this publicly, uh, and I want to make this known. Um, this is going to be about demon possession. And the thing about this is, uh, this was, I'm going to give the story of my first ever encounter. Before this encounter, you know, I I knew that it happened. I didn't know how it looked. I didn't know how to handle it. I mean, I saw it in movies, basically. I I didn't understand it until this point, really. And so I'm going to tell the story of it. I'm not going to mention anybody's name in it to kind of just be safe on that point Uh, of course you know that I was a part of it and and everything but I'm not going to express um, the the people involved uh, in it so um, I will I will replace their name with a letter and uh, some of y'all I mean out there y'all know me personally so you may know some people represented by the letter, but for those that don't uh, know um, personally, I-, I want this to be considered a warning because this is this is real. I don't want this to be a secret because these things happen. Why would we want it to be a secret? Why would we want these things to be a secret? But I do. I don't want to mention anybody's name just just because I, I don't want to drag them into a story. You know that uh, that they were a part of that they don't want to be mentioned in just for future reference. They may not mind, they may not care, but I just want to do that courtesy. So I wrote this down one uh, the day after it happened. It's in my journal. I have a, a sermon journal, and I wrote it. It's in the very middle of it. And so I'm going to read to you what I wrote down right after this happened, and I edited it a little bit after because of some events that happened later. So this is my first experience with demon possession. It says, Today, Sunday, April 23rd, 2023, I, Paul Fowler, witnessed my first demon possession. In respect to all involved, and for those that may read this in years to come, I will be referring to them by first initials. Today's morning sermon given by S was on Ephesians chapter 6 titled The Invisible War. Before S 
got up to preach uh, for the first time in a long time, I felt led to go to the altar and pray. Pray for my faith to be strengthened. Pray for guidance for the future. Little did I realize that God was preparing me for a spiritual battle, the likes of which I had never seen up close. To preface this, I know and believe in demonic forces. I am not so ignorant into thinking I've never been around these powers before, but this morning would make those things seem like child's play. Service went as normal, but S, male, changed the series that we've been going through in 1 Thessalonians for the past few weeks. So he started this new series on spiritual warfare. How we are in a war that is more real than anything physical. S would make good points, and I would shout amen, not knowing that my beliefs were fixing to be put to the test. As the sermon was ending and S was closing out, he kept reminding us, that we have already gained victory in Christ. S prayed. The sermon was over, and everyone went about talking afterwards. Now, S has been picking up A, female, up for church for several months now. During testimony time one Sunday prior, A had confessed to the congregation of her past in devil worship and witchcraft. As the weeks went on, we, of course, welcomed her in with open arms and loved uh, for this uh, loved for this uh, is what Christ commands. So we loved her. Now, as uh, seeing that S is the pastor of our little church, he was chatting with others after service while A was just sitting there waiting. She had been quiet this morning. She is usually quiet, but with a smile. Uh, here and there, talks to others and asks about uh, C, male, and M's uh, female, little girl, they were ready to bring into this world. Uh, but not today. S finally goes to A and asks if she is ready to leave, which she is. At this time, everyone is still talking, but I happened to see S ask A if she was okay with which she replies with, no. S and A walked out the front doors of the church onto the front porch. This is the moment I hear one of the most horrific sounds in my life. As loud as it can be, I hear it for the first time. It's, it's a real-life demon sounding like the growls of a dog while speaking in a language I do not know. Everyone in the church gets quiet. At this moment, I feel a prick of the heart that can only be of God. I need to go out there because unlike the others, God impressed upon me what was happening. I go outside. S looks at me and says, everything is fine. Shut the door. I shut the door, but everything is not fine. A is up against the post of the front porch, barking the unknown language at S, and now me. S speaks to A, saying everything is okay. You're okay. We love you. And within a moment, A 
barks again, and S's demeanor changes, and he yells, In the name of Jesus, you leave her right now. It did not like that. At this moment, I realize my hand is raised toward her. I am praying. She slowly backs away from S and backs up into my hand. She tenses up and looks at me as though she hates me. Still growling this language I don't know the origin of. S and I are praying, speaking the name of Christ. At this time, K, female, comes out of the church. I close the door behind her. I turn and see that K has her Bible opened up. A is hanging her body slightly over the railing of the porch as K walks up behind her, placing the open Bible on her back. She screams as though being burned with a hot iron. A falls down to the ground, laying now on her back. We are all calling on the name of Jesus. K speaking in tongues still with the Bible on A on A. S holding A's hand and I am halfway on the stairs as A tries to slide down them. Her head is upside down and I am looking into her bloodshot eyes. And she tears and see tears running down her face. I say Jesus is master here, not you. In the name of Jesus, leave her. A screams, barks, growls the language again. S says at this time, A, we know you're in there. Say the name of Jesus. Say his name. Through the growls, I hear her say, Jesus. I say, say his name again. Jesus, she says louder. She keeps saying, Jesus. But it doesn't like it. It is fighting hard for a moment. A comes too, just long enough for us to sit her up and lean her on the pillar of the front porch. It starts back again. K now sitting on the steps, arms wrapped around A. K says, you don't own this body. You do not own her. She is not yours. He is breathing really heavy now, tears rolling down her cheeks, and K wiping them away. Asks A asks for water, and so I run downstairs to yet uh, to go get some. To which I realize everyone else has gone, probably for the best. I run the water back up, hand it to K, who then gives it to A. A sips it, looks disgusted, and pushes it back into K's hand. We get her up and adjust it. S picks up the cup of water that I had sat down after K handed it back to me. He goes to hand it back to A, in which she refuses it and grabs her own bottle. As K walks A down the ramp, A stops, looks me in the eyes, and asks, Did you pray over that? In which I replied, No, ma'am, I didn't. She looked confused that I didn't. I go back into the church to grab Kay's things and to lock the church up. I leave from downstairs as they helped A into S's truck. I give Kay her things and look at A and say, I love you, A. In which she replied, I love you too, hon. 
As they left, I prayed that God would keep them safe driving, in which he did. Kay and I stayed for a little after they left, and I needed someone at that moment to talk to. I had never witnessed anything like that, nor will I ever forget this day. I gained counsel from my girlfriend and my parents, which helped me focus. But the word of God kept me steady as I dived into it, so I couldn't be re- so I could be rejuvenated. As I move forward, I will be in deep prayer to help me lean on Christ, and all the more because we truly are fighting an invisible war. Now, a couple days after this had happened, I had uh, put a note at the bottom. Um, that now A was claiming that it wasn't demons, but maybe a mental disorder and all that. But, you know, in my experience as of now, it's like if that was if that was a mental disorder, then she desperately, desperately needs help. I've never seen something like that. But at the same time, I personally do not believe that that is what this was. I, I do not believe that um, this world tends to disregard spiritual aspects because we live in a world that rejects God, rejects the Bible, rejects the truths of the Bible, seeks to figure things out physically. I mean, we call we have materialists that believe that there is no such thing as the spiritual realm, and so therefore uh, the only possible explanation is mental. As Christians, we don't believe that. We believe there, that there is a spiritual realm and that we are fighting a war, a, a serious spiritual war. And this, this moment was a glimpse of that to me. And so um, it, it, really, it really hit me differently because it really changed me uh, in, in my faith. Um, and for the better. I think God used it for the better. Uh, I put uh, the next day, I wrote five. Uh, it took me a little bit. I think um, I didn't write all these the same day, but I started writing five things to know about demon possession. And um, one of those things was uh, came from me from Luke chapter eight, verse thirty, whenever Jesus asked the demon what their name was. Uh, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And they responded, uh, uh, we are legion for we are many, um, because many demons had entered. That was the first step. Now, I'm not saying that this was a, a case by, this is a case by case basis, but in a lot of demon possessions, people tend to ask the demon its name because a name can be significant in the matter. And Jesus did this, um, quote from scripture because because the the word of god is power and it is the sword of the spirit jesus used the word of god against the devil in john chapter 8 verses 31 to 32 it says then jesus said to the jews uh, who had believed him if you continue in my word you really are my disciples you will know the truth and the truth will set you free that's the purpose of um, us trying to get people out of demon possession is to set them free uh, we need to be in prayer as it is going on, be in constant communication with the Father. Uh, we need to know that demons are liars by nature. You do not take what they say as inherently true. 
And if it is true, they usually use the truth to tw- and twist it, which in case is lies or deception. And the next thing and the last thing that I put on here is stand firm and unwavering in your faith. God has everything under control. And we need to understand that. God does have everything under control in these situations. And I don't know if anybody has ever experienced something like that before. This was the first and only time that I've experienced this in my life. A lot of Christians never experienced it. Um, I do not wear it as a badge of honor uh, because it was something that shook me a little bit. Um, It was something that I had to extremely rely on God to get me through in faith. There's some people that may call me a liar for what I've spoken, uh, but I know it to be what I experienced and what I saw. Um, Some people may, you know, dismiss it as, well, she probably had a mental disorder or whatever it is. People may dismiss, I mean, even Christians may dismiss the spiritual aspects of what just went on. Um, I don't. Uh, I believe a lot, uh, and this is my personal opinion, do I believe there are mental disorders? Of course I do. Do I believe that some of them may be demonic? Of course I do. I believe this world has blinded even Christians into noticing when something is spiritual by trying to uh, you know, make it more material, make it something tangible, whenever in all honesty it is uh, from the enemy. The Bible speaks that we that our fight is not against flesh and blood. So if our fight is not against flesh and blood, if it's not physical, then it has to be spiritual. Our fight has to be spiritual at that point. We are in a spiritual battle, and this is just one example of many. Now, I am not a proponent for, you know, movies like The Exorcist, you know. I think we just had one that just released because a lot of it can be phony or fake. Um, there's a lot of unbiblical things that happen in those movies that that contradict what Scripture tells. Um, they rely more on effigies or symbols instead of the name of Christ, which is power in and of itself, instead of the gospel, which instead of the Word of God. Uh, we need to understand that it is uh, God that has power, not a crucifix, not holy water. That's why I was thrown aback whenever uh, this lady asked if I had prayed over the water uh, because she rejected it. Can God use stuff? Sure. But the water does not have the power. The Word of God has the power. Um, And that goes to show that demons don't know everything. Maybe they can be fooled just as easily, you know? Um, but understand that it is real and it is happening and, and be prepared. Uh, do not shy away from these things because they could very much uh, come into your life. I know this is kind of a short episode. Um, I pray that it was eye opening. Um, I pray that you look to God for, uh, in his word for any spiritual battles that you are facing because he is the answer, even in the extreme cases. Don't neglect the spiritual realm. 
uh, do not become what, what I guess I could consider a, a Christian materialist, which I think is an oxymoron. Um, because if you don't believe in the spiritual, then you cannot possibly be a Christian. Because to be born again means to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we must be spiritual. We must, and, and I'm not talking about the world's definition of spiritual. We must be Christians. We must believe the gospel, but understand that there is a realm beyond this one, uh, and it is working inside of this one, uh, and is working to steal, kill, destroy, to deceive, to tear apart, to ruin families, to ruin testimonies, to ruin the church, to ruin it all. But, but be of good cheer, for Christ has overcome the world. He has already gained victory, and, and through him, we have gained victory. So do not be afraid in those moments. With all this being said, I hope you'll have a wonderful week. Uh, until next time, keep walking in faith. God bless. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to keep supporting this ministry, the best way to do so is to follow the Crosswalk podcast on the platform you're listening from and follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, or also email me at thecrosswalkpodcast923 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep walking in faith.